Bonjourno and welcome to my podcast, My Way of Thinking, or my what for short, hosted by me, Lee Greeno, here live from the Man Cave every Monday. Hope you're doing well. Uh, now, you may notice my beautiful cap, which I spoke about um, last week. Hashtag my what, like the merch, very nice. Um, <laughs> now, we're coming up to Christmas, so I've got some brilliant interviews, but I'm about to give you an exclusive bit of news. I have managed to bag the interview of the year. It is with the one and only Mr. Santa Claus, the actual Santa Claus. Now, I'll go through how I got hold of him, everything. Uh, I'll be asking him all the difficult questions, and this is on the 20th of December at 6 p.m. So make sure you keep listening in because it is going to be awesome. Trust me. Uh, now, my way of thinking is all about those amazing human beings that have stories to tell, and those stories can vary massively. The guests I'll be interviewing will always be able to give us a bit of advice or insight into how extraordinary we can be. Four rules, remember? One, no bullshit. And two, no judging. And three, no negativity. And four, have fun. Now, today, this is a great interview. This is a guy I love to speak to, Ben Sorison. He, uh, he comes all the way from Australia, Australia. So it's the furthest podcast we've done. Um, and he is just he's just phenomenal we have such good fun he's a voiceover artist actor everything he's done everything and he's worked with some real famous people we have a really funny conversation about john travolta um and it's just it's just an absolute pleasure so i'm hoping we can get him on again next year because uh, he's going to grow his career is going to grow from strength to strength and there's some heartwarming stuff there and, and interesting stuff about his life as well but anyway that's enough for me gassing Get stuck into this. This is a cracker. Uh, and this is me talking with the brilliant Ben. So welcome to My Way of Thinking. And I've got a very special guest on today. And the reason he's special is there's a number of things. But one is, he is the furthest guest I have had so far on this podcast. Welcome, Ben. How are you, Ben? Uh, Lee, it is an absolute pleasure. And uh, furthest when you when you say that does that mean uh with my ideology my <laughs> sense of humor you know or are we are we talking logistically challenged well that is to be determined throughout the podcast yeah true, true. <laughs> now what yeah i mean to be honest that could be a load of crap that i've just said I'm just guessing that Melbourne is further away from us than uh, Canada is because I had uh, a podcast in Canada the other week. But oh, I'm just, yeah. But whenever we think of Australia, we always think Australia, miles and miles away. So I think technically you will be the furthest away, which is good. Yeah. Do you know what? Given uh, the state of our politics at the moment in Ooh. Australia, I feel like we are... Uh, quite far away, oh. literally and metaphorically as well. Although you got Boris Johnson there. Oh yeah, he's a bit of a clown. Uh, well, he? well, we'll talk into poli politics later on. <laughs> 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 it's too early for that. Let's get the show started, right? So anyway, thanks, thanks Ben for coming on. Absolute pleasure. We're going to find out all about you. But first of all, I always like to sort of ease into the podcast. Uh, and of course, you're in Melbourne, I take it. Is it Melbourne? Yep, Melbourne, Australia, uh, where we have successfully uh, got rid of COVID. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that to you. So, what's We're it? We're officially COVID free. You're joking. Yeah. And all, all, who would have thought all it took was a super hard lockdown and not to talk to anybody? 
<laughs> no, you know when yeah. you when you're a kid and your mum goes, "Don't touch, don't yeah. touch." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, essentially what we've been doing for seven it, months. I know it does make you think they should have hit it harder sooner over here because we're an island, you know. Um, but we didn't hit it hard enough, I don't think. But I don't, I don't, totally. you know, I'm not an expert. Um, I also think that there was a lot of there's a lot of different uh methodologies mm. that they had on how they thought they could fix this but um i'm uh, a huge fan of i mean lockdown's terrible it's absolutely mm. yeah. terrible yeah. uh economically yeah. uh your mental health suffers it's yeah. really shocking but do you know what it is better than yeah having a whole bunch of vulnerable people die yeah so exactly. yeah um yeah. you know because I would be okay if we could give COVID to my list of people that I don't like. <laughs> but apparently... You can't say that. COVID doesn't discriminate or something. So, like, yeah. I mean, I mean, joking aside, I, I have said to a few people, you know, we can all complain, but imagine if you had an elderly loved one that had died from it, then, you know, then it's a whole different yep. story. So we've just got to respect yep. that, I suppose. Oh, totally. And I don't know. I mean, I make jokes about it, but yep. there's no way I could live with myself if I knew that I had accidentally infected someone yeah. or passed it to someone who passed it to someone else who yeah. had a at-risk or... Um, you know, vulnerable person. That's, yeah, you know, that's yeah, not very definitely. kind. No, definitely. Okay, right. So I'm going to give you now five fun facts about Melbourne. Now, every time I do this, good old Google tends to let me down and the fact, fact is an absolute <laughs> load of bullshit. But So today, it turns from a fact into a fucked fact. Yeah. Today, I think that's going to change for you, Ben. I have a uh -huh. feeling. So, let's go for the first one. So, oh. Fisherman's Bend, Port Melbourne, is the only place in the world that makes Vegemite. Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's, that's, I believe that to be accurate. There is one, one, one factory here that pumps out all the Vegemite. What and, is um, Vegemite? It's a byproduct. Uh, this is me showing my, my Australian-ness. Uh, <laughs> it is a byproduct of the beer-making process. Uh, so it's essentially, it's, it's like uh, salty, yeasty stuff. Yeah. Um, it's similar to Marmite, but uh, Vegemite has got its own distinct flavour signature. And it's actually, uh, where they make it was actually relatively close to Carlton United Breweries All right. as well. All so right. they could actually... Um, there wasn't that far for them to take it. So, yeah, yeah oh, there you go. Excellent. What do you do? Spread you... it on toast or something like that? How do you eat it? You do. You spread it on toast. Um, we uh, you actually use it to uh, the... Or, do you know what? Originally, yeah. toast. Yes. Right. Yeah. Toast was it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes a bit of cheese on top. So you'd All have... All right. Nice. Whole heap of butter. Toast. Whole heap of butter. Yeah. Vegemite. Yeah. And yeah. cheese on top. And you Ooh. go, yep that's that's yeah it you're living yeah. uh but now we've got a whole heap of these uh fancy celebrity chefs that are going uh. oh the australian way of doing it oh how how about we rub it all over our steak and <laughs> the marinade oh so, yeah yeah i'm like i'm not on board with that not yeah. on board with that but yeah. i totally am on board with the Vegemite on toast. There have been some people that use uh, just eat it with a eat it with a spoon. Mm. I think that's way too hardcore and Ooh. not for me. Yeah, uh, we, we do have competitions sometimes with how yeah. we like our Vegemite. 
Some oh. people have just a little bit and other people just like layer it on. Yeah. Ooh. I'm interested like to taste that now. You'll have to send me a pot. Send us a pot over. I, look, I totally can. <laughs> right. That's one down, one correct. Okay. Now, the number five, this, this, is a, this is a, well, it's the second fat, but it interests me. Fitzroy Chocolate Makers, McRobertson Steam Confectionery Works, invented the Crunchy in 1929 and the Freddo Frog in 1930 before the company was sold to Cadbury in 1967. Now, why this is interesting to me is I was actually a manager at Cadbury Chocolate over here for a while until it sent me ah. until it sent me completely crazy because um, I just couldn't take it anymore. Smelling chocolate, eating chocolate, it just fried my brain, so I left. Um, is that true, do you know? Uh, I know that we've got a long history of creating and making uh, things. There is only one place uh, in Australia that I know of that makes the Cherry Ripe, which is a Cadbury product yeah. as well. Yeah. Uh, and that's down, down the road here in, in Melbourne. So uh, I, I would call true on that because yeah. we've been very, very creative with um, uh, some of the things that we do. And uh, oh, I totally understand what you mean. I used to do, I used to have a little chocolate house myself. Yeah. And I left that because I couldn't eat chocolate it's just yeah. that whole smell of the of yeah. melted chocolate it gets every bit it's yeah. horrible yeah i mean when i worked at cabri they, they were all saying well to get a job here is prestigious you know people struggle to get jobs here you know they're well paid and i was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you get that smell when you first go in it's oh this is beautiful and they're like eat as much chocolate as you want we like you to taste it you can't take it home but we like you to taste it but a month later <laughs> Can't take it. Can't take it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Anyway, totally. right. And you're dealing, you're dealing with better chocolate as well. Mm. Or uh, arguably, can you can you can you imagine those people that work with that horrible compound rubbish? Ooh, nasty. That'd be even that'd be even worse. Anyway. Okay. Uh, yeah. You know what? I reckon without googling myself, I reckon that sounds about right because um, uh, I. In Tasmania, I did the uh, Cadbury tour. Oh, right. Uh, okay, yeah. One of the Cadbury factories that we have in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they sprouted facts vaguely familiar to to that. Plus, I like crunchy, so I want to okay. say they're all... Yeah, we'll, t we'll say it's true. Okay, next. So, this is the third. I've got five. The world's first feature film. Now, this is interesting to me from a filmmaker's perspective. The world's yeah. first feature film, The Story of the Kelly Gang, was filmed in May. Uh, was filmed in Melbourne, and had a uh, length of a running time of over an hour. That really, I, I don't know whether that is true. It's saying it is. I'll have to check. Yes, it, out. it is. is it? I watched a doc. I watched a doco on that. Yes. Um, so we had uh, over here. I think it was the. I think it was AB, It was on ABC or SBS, which is the BBC equivalent. Yeah. Uh, out here, except we've got less funding for ours. Um, <laughs> And we don't have a TV license. The yeah, yet. Um, although I think it's worth every cent if if it was for um, ABC and SBS and <laughs> NITV. But yeah, anyway, yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, it was actually really, really amazing because they had um, uh, they had uh, restored the footage, yeah, uh, in the doco, and it's. I just find the evolution of the storytelling amazing from back then because we've yeah. had other snippets where ned kelly has appeared in other films 
and other stories that we have about Australia. And um, yeah, so correct. Totally wow. correct. Excellent. And uh, they did remake it uh, recently, I think I about did. a year ago, with um, George McKay in. Love George McKay. He was in 1917. Have you seen 1917? Mm. Yes, I have. Great film, yeah. So, oh, excellent. Right, we're on a roll here. We've got two left. Come on. Two left, right. Okay, right. Now, Melbourneian, Melbourneian, Dr. Yeah. David Warren of the Aeronautical Research Centre invented... Oh, my God, he's my neighbour. You are joking. No, I'm just making it up. <laughs> he, he invented... Well, if he did, you must have interesting conversation with him because apparently he invented the black box flight recorder in 1958. Uh, the invention came after his father died in a plane crash in 1934. Is that correct? John, I love that that's, I knew it, I know it's an Aussie invention. Yeah. I didn't know it was a Melbourne invention. Ah. I, I thought that, I thought we just had like deconstructed lattes and wanker coffees. <laughs> you know? No, no. And that wasn't that's an invention. That's amazing. Yeah. What a great invention. And another fun fact. Uh, the black box flight recorder isn't black. It's orange. It's a bright orange colour. Ah, I see. I know. I don't know what. I don't know the history behind that. We're not that knowledgeable on this show, but we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Last one. We're, we're on a roll here. Now, mm -hmm. Melbourne is the sporting capital of the world. Well, this is, this is not really a fact. It's just... Well, it, it's the sporting capital of the world, which isn't surprising. Consider the uh, they host the Australian Open, the Formula One, the AFL Grand Prix, MotoGP, Spring Racing Carnival, blah, blah, blah. So it, I'm guessing you're going to say it is true, but big sporting uh, in Melbourne, is there a massive sporting hub? You know, is there always sports going you know, on? All of those things that you mentioned, yeah. I, I go to most years. Wow. Oh, brilliant. Uh, I can just go, all right, I'm going to duck down to the Australian Open today. Wow. Oh, what's on? Oh, I leave work early and just go to the Grand Prix. Yeah. It's, it's such an amazing experience. So I grew up in country Queensland where there is nothing. Yeah, yeah. You know, oh, my God, the, the, the supermarket truck turned up so I can have, like, <laughs> yeah. stuff again. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Uh, and I come down here and I just go, oh, wow, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. And then it's it's such a, a wonderful place to be. But the also the also the other amazing thing about the the sporting side of it, yeah, is um, we've got a giant game here called AFL. Everybody loves it. Yeah, in Australia, outside of Australia, not so much. Didn't really take off. Aussie, fo Australia, Aussie football, Aussie rules. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and. Like we have our AFL superstars and they all live in, you know, Brighton or different suburbs of Melbourne. Yeah. So everybody's kind of local. So it's a great space yeah. to wander around and just casually have a cup of coffee uh, at the table across from yeah. some of the sporting superstars, you know. Oh, that's great. And it's, it's not a big deal because we're in Melbourne and we're too cool for that. So nobody gets papped in Melbourne. <laughs> well, that sounds that great. Someone cool. Yeah, I definitely want to visit Melbourne. That, that, so that is the place to visit then, you, you know. Oh, totally. Totally. I mean, like I went to um, one, of, one of the venues I'm quite friendly with in the, in, the, in the city. I went there for a drink and then they went, oh, sorry, we're a bit busy during the Grand Prix, a bit busy. We got the, uh, the Belgian racing team upstairs and I'm just going, 
How cool. Yeah. How yeah. cool is that? No, how oh, awesome. Excellent. Well, I can't believe that. I'm welling up here. All five, bang on. Yeah, totally. Um, how about I, uh, what, there was one extra I was going to give you there. Oh, go on. No, no, no. I had one, one, one extra thing about Melbourne. Yeah. Uh, and I've totally forgotten it. I'll, bring, I'll come back to it later. Come back if it, to it later. If it comes up, just shoot it in and say, Lee, here we go. Okay. Yeah, here's that thing. Alzheimer's is terrible. <laughs> right. So, Ben, Ben, ben Sorensen, thank you so much for coming on today. We're going to talk about all your work, your autism, voiceover work, everything. You just go for it. But first of all, tell us a little bit about growing up. I know you said Queensland. So, tell us about the journey from Queensland to Melbourne. Do you know what? I always thought I was a bit different, just a, you know, just a little bit different. <laughs> yeah. um, and nowhere points out how different you are than country Queensland or a little country town of some sort. Um, so I reckon I pushed a lot of boundaries for a lot of people there. <laughs> but um, uh, Debra, lovely little town. Uh, the school I went to, I think we had about 150, 200 kids in the whole school. And there was farms everywhere, uh, mainly dairy and pineapple farms. Uh, I learned at a very young age that the two don't actually go together. The cows get quite upset, um, depending on where you put the pineapple. I was just about uh, to say that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, it, it, was, it was great. Um, I got to be outside a lot and I look at how kids grow up today and I mean, yeah. maybe it's just because I'm old yeah. um, compared to a lot of the kids now, but you know, we didn't have screens or anything. A bit of TV was nice, but yeah. um, I can remember going out and, you know, planting trees and uh, climbing trees and, you know, learning about cows and chickens and all sorts of cool stuff like that so it was really yeah. great you know? yeah. i didn't really i was a bit of a social misfit i didn't really get along with particularly many of my kin yeah uh but um all my peers rather but it was um it was still a great space to to grow up and explore and learn about people in a relatively safe way oh that's good yeah Super i mean I, I mean i can definitely relate to where you're saying there um when I grew up, we'd go outside. We're always outside playing football or doing some sport or just playing. Uh, it's totally changed now, isn't it? You know what I mean? It's it's yep. it's it's quite frustrating with my kids. I'll be like, you know, they're on their iPad or on the Xbox. I'm like, go outside and do something. <laughs> I am. I'm playing FIFA. <laughs> yeah. No, actually kick a football. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's uh, yeah. unfortunately that is the. Uh, the way of the world at the moment. So, so where did you, so going to school, school, college and all that, did you do all that there? Yeah. So, um, Debra's only got one's one little primary school in it. Oh, and right, then okay. when I was ready for high school, yeah, uh, I got the, uh, the, the big, the big yellow bus, uh, Ooh. driven by, uh, the, the bus driver in town, Ken, who's a really awesome bloke. Yeah, Ken. Um, he, 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 Ken drove me to school literally every day of my life. Yeah, wow. Uh, and uh, he drove my dad uh, on the early run uh, to the train station as well. So when I started school, dad said, I reckon Ken's going to be your bus driver too. <laughs> and guess what? And, and on the first day of school, he went, oh, 
you're Ben. And I went, oh, <laughs> you're, you're Ken. Ken. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was just lovely. But anyway, the, the um, I went to a uh, state high school, no private education here, yeah. um, you know, and I've only just been to night school to learn all 26 letters of the alphabet. <laughs> um, I didn't know there was 26 before. I just stopped at 20. Um, there, it, you know, high school was high school was a little bit difficult because I had um, I'm I'm a little bit smarter than the average bear, Ooh. and uh, I also have the whole autism thing, and I I don't think anyone was really prepared for any of that. So, yeah, um, you know, I still had some I still had some great times at high school. Uh, it was very difficult for me socially but um i think it was, it was still a really great experience and then i uh, i started my business my first business in high school oh, i was actually in primary school but yeah um, that was all all cashies um under the table no tax paid on <laughs> yeah right yeah especially when you're 12 um <laughs> and then um uh, yeah i started singing and dancing and boardable shows and doing all sorts of stuff as a kid and um you know always played musical instruments and stuff like that so yeah it was good so with your autism when did that get diagnosed because i always find this interesting obviously things are a lot more advanced now people notice things adhd Mm. things like that but back then if you're a bit strange you're a bit strange and so i'm wondering where that where that came in where they actually said hold on you have got autism was it later on in life or was it actually while you're in way, way later on like yeah. only a couple of years ago if that yeah so, yeah 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 but i i think that's totally amazing what you picked up there because when you're in a in a, a small town or a community they go oh he's a bit weird but he's all right i don't know what he's got but you know just don't make any loud noises around him and he'll be fine you know and <laughs> And part of me goes, oh, okay, well, that's, that's actually not a bad thing, really. I mean, once, yeah. once you get over that initial hurdle of, uh, oh, you're different, I don't want to have anything to do with you, and it's like, oh, well, we're stuck in this town together, so mm. let's, um, let's find a way to get on. Um, it's actually not, it's, you know, so they may, a lot of the wider community may not understand, but that yeah. doesn't mean they can't accept or can't work with you or can't be like that. Plus... Uh, courtesy of those experiences, I've learned to mask very, very well, which is yeah, super yeah. handy for survival. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've spoken to people before. I spoke to a, a filmmaker friend of mine, Sib, uh, way back at the start of the podcast. And uh, he's got autism. And he made a documentary, which I thought, you know, a feature, which was amazing. And the thing is with autism as well, there's different, there's su- such a range Yeah, such a, such a, well, they call it spectrum condition, don't they? And, and so you come across, you know, we're talking now, I wouldn't, you know, have a clue you've got autism. So I guess where you were, uh, like you just said, you could mask it and sort of get, get away with it. But what was it like when you did find out? Was it like a huge weight off your shoulders or how did you take that? It was real. It was really amazing to go. Oh, I'm not crazy on the inside. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is a thing. It's real. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. not just like I've got a screw loose up here or something's wrong. I mean, I probably still do, but yeah. um, it's a it's a fun screw as opposed to an essential screw. Mm, uh, mm. Like when you put the, pull the mower apart and you put it back together and you go, oh, why do I have this handful of bits left over? Yeah, they're the fun. Yeah. You no, know, I don't need. But yeah. um, 
I find the interesting thing about uh, my autism and being a little bit smart, uh, smarter, not in an arrogant way, but just yeah. um, a more of an awareness and a passion for knowledge and information. Yeah. Uh, I was able to work out uh, early on that this is just how my brain is. So I need to find a way to communicate with the outside world in a way that, that doesn't piss them off. Mm, so yeah. um, it might, it took me heaps of time, lots of energy, but um, I think the uh, I'm very fortunate that I was high functioning. I had the ability to do that. Yeah. I was also very fortunate that I was in a position where I had access to that information and uh, the persistence and energy of a young person, which I don't have now, yeah, um, to work through some of those hurdles. Yeah, so, yeah. So, lucky. yeah. So, so you say, look a bit. Obviously, you you worked at that and you sorted that for yourself. Like I say, when I was talking to Sib, I think in it, sometimes when you've got autism, it can really piss you up, piss you off, knock you up a little bit because. With Sib, uh, one part of his autism is it takes time for him. So he's very intelligent, you know, lovely lad, but it mm -hmm. takes him longer to take things in. And I spoke, I had him on the radio show a few years back and I was, you know what radio is like and I'm talking like we are now. <laughs> yeah. And he's thinking of the conversation we had before that. Uh, and I thought, you know, for him, uh, the world must be such a terrifying place. He's done such a brilliant job to get, you know, you've got to be a strong-willed person to get stuck in there because you know every time you talk to someone, they don't understand what you're, you're, what you're going through. And you can't sit there and go, oh, hold on one second. I'm still thinking about what you said an hour ago. You know, you can't say that in a coffee shop. No, no, you can't. <laughs> um, and, this, see the, and this is one of the things, right? So when I realized that uh, I was a bit different and I realized that, I had to make my special area of interest my weakness in order mm. to bring it up to normal. Yeah. So I spent a lot of time on communication and mimicking and, you know, and it takes a disproportionate amount of energy to do that. Yeah. However, when I get tired, I am just like, just like your friend. There's parts of my brain that, that will shut down. Yeah. And some, yeah. sometimes I get, thankfully get a little bit of warning other yeah. times not yeah. really yeah. yeah so part of that is self-management but um i totally relate to it it's sometimes um i'll be in a conversation and a personal conversation when i'm yeah. tired and not asking yeah and my um ears will be like two sentences behind yeah yeah so it's just just like when you go oh uh sorry what was that and they start saying you know repeating that line you go oh yep caught up now got it yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's, it, it's really interesting. But the one great thing is your, your mate Seb, was it? Yeah. Would make amazing films. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the ability to focus on one thing without distraction and to tell that story, uh, any story, in such an in-depth way, I think there are some really great assets to neurodiversity. Oh, God, and, yeah. And also some great assets to um, neurologically typical people too. I think together, uh, heaven forbid Darwin should be right, that we should actually have a really great range of skills to keep us going as a species. So, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think we should all just play nicely in the sandbox. Yeah. And it is, I know that sounds cheesy, but it's right because, you know, awareness is key. He'll tell me things. He'll say, yeah, I was in a, a coffee shop 
and I said to the woman, can you turn, and this was from a lady I spoke to as well. She, uh, she's got Asperger's, but they were in a shop and they said, can you turn the music down to an assistant? And she went, oh, well, yeah, I can do. Uh, and then he said, to her, because I have, you know, autism and it's just really loud for me. It's not for you, but it is for me. And she went, oh, fine. And I think it's good to raise that awareness. We're definitely more aware you know, because I think it's a brilliant thing and it adds yeah. to then kids in school recognizing, you know, other kids and all this kind of thing. So we're definitely going mm -hmm. in the right direction. Well, it's um, it's funny you mentioned that because I'm actually on the board of a uh, organization here in Australia called Friend in Me. And people can find out more at friendinme.org.au. And basically the organization's um, uh, key concept is inclusion and kindness. So we teach, um, in inverted commas, disabled kids to get along with everybody else. But how do we teach everybody else to get along with not only each other, but people who are a little bit different to them? Yeah. So that's where Friend and Me comes in. And they've got a, a really great range uh, here in Melbourne uh, of, you know, events uh, to enable kids to socialise, some great information sessions and free webinars and resources on their website too. So it's a wonderful organisation, teaching everyone to get along and to be kind, which is yeah. so important. Oh, that sounds great. I don't know if we do anything over here. I'll, I'll have to look it. I'll look that up because, you know, it's definitely something I think we need over here, but um, whether they do it or not. I think there probably are people trying, but it's not well known. You know what I mean? It's not something. Yeah. Well, it's funny because um, there's, um, uh, there's a lot of lack when it comes to education in kids, mm. uh, as far as resources and time and all of these other things. So there's a lot of uh, competition in a lot of countries for, okay, well, what can we provide to all yeah. of these kids? Because if you're, if you're a teacher and you look at the syllabus, you go, great. So someone <laughs> just wants to add this in and add that in. And yeah, add that yeah. In. yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, we all, we all do what we can mm. uh, as, as, as much as we can with the people that we can yeah. um, to yeah. make a positive difference. So okay. that's good. Yeah. And I try and be funny at the same time. So sometimes that works. <laughs> right. Okay. So we've got you growing up in Queensland where, you know, there's cows and sheep running around, but not many people. And all not of a sudden people. you get this. this good. I like that. <laughs> it was a good description. Uh, and a tumbleweed, tumble. Every time you come out the door, there's a tumbleweed just blowing over. That same tumbleweed. There's someone around the back of the house. They pick it up and they drop it off the next morning. And just keeps <laughs> like in the old westerns, the searchers. Uh, yes. Yeah, there was always a tumbleweed. Well, some guy <laughs> off stage and just thrown it on. Is like what? Anyway. Um, so I just so, have a tumbleweed story. Go on, go. Uh, I was actually, I was traveling through Paris. So I did uh, two weeks, two weeks in Paris because I was um, doing, I was doing a radio show at the time and I yeah. got to travel the world for that. Uh, and uh, the world being three countries. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of which was America, which they think is the world. So that Oh yeah, of course. Fit. Yeah. Um, and uh, I love books and reading. And one of the, one of the stops was Shakespeare's bookstore 
in Paris. So you've got the beautiful Notre Dame and then you sort of do a little bit of a hop across the road and there's Shakespeare's bookstore. It's been there for like forever. Yeah. And it's, you, you wander through it and you can actually buy books there, functioning bookstore. But they've got like uh, a little bed where Ernest Hemingway stayed and yeah. rocking chair in the corner. And the time I was there, I, I, I was doing an interview with one of the, one of the people that worked there. And she oddly happened to be from New Zealand. And um, she was saying she started as a tumbleweed. And I went, oh, I'm, you know, what's that? So apparently they have this program there where you can help out at the bookstore and sleep in the bookstore overnight. Wow. And they call, that, they call that tumbleweeding. <laughs> so you can sleep in the same bed that Ernest Hemingway did his, you know, wrote some of his stuff in. And wow. it's, it's Amazing, amazing. I'd want it cleaned. I want it. I want the bed cover and that washed first. I wouldn't. You yeah, you, you, no, you don't. You don't want to pontificate about some of those stains. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they get homeless people coming in there all the time. <laughs> you know what? And that's totally okay yeah. because it's uh, they would have helped out during the day, which is a fair exchange for the wow, space. That's awesome. Right. Yeah, yeah. What a great idea. We need so, more yeah. of that. Definitely. More tumbleweeds. Definitely. Uh, so anyway, so yes. So so we we've got that environment, school, all happy. Obviously, you know, you know, something's not quite right, but you're managing it. So where does that lead to sort of did you go university or did you just move on? Tell us about that. Yeah, I I do not have a degree. Okay. So it's but I am a huge fan of knowledge and a huge fan of education. And I don't have anything against people that have degrees or wish to go to university for whatever they do. I quite like that my doctor has many degrees. That's yeah. useful. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I also like the idea that a university doesn't own knowledge. Hmm. A university is a way to acquire knowledge in a, uh, in a formal setting. And a university tests your, uh, your acquisition of that knowledge to prove that you can. And they give you yep. a little bit of paper for it. Um, but there's also really great ways to learn about certain things in the world. You can, you know, hire consultants or experts in the field to go, hey, just tell me. Or you can just do stuff and learn as you go. I mean, now we're so fortunate to have um, so many different resources available to us and whether you formally go to university or not i just love the idea of acquiring accurate knowledge uh through the uh scientific process um yeah. any way you can get your hands on it and i think that's really awesome and we should be encouraging everybody to do that and to go to university and to learn and to be curious and all of those things so i didn't do any of that yeah. I left uh I left high school, finished my grade twelve, which is what we it's the end of yeah. um yeah. schooling for us before uni. And uh I had a business that was already already running, doing um live events and shows and I had a lighting and audio hire company and it sort of grew from from there and I have been self employed uh, self-employed for the bulk of my life so where doing, did that where, where did that come, so where where did that come from ben so was it well, the performer during, during, high school, or? 
Yeah, during high school, I yeah. was because um, I made communication my special area of interest. Masking is just like performing, mm. except you're doing it all the time. You know, maybe Shakespeare was right. The world is a stage if you're autistic. Yeah, yeah. um, So that kind of lended itself or lent itself to um, the performing arts. Now, I I did music for many years. I don't think I was very good at it. But I had a lot of fun with it and I love it, which is the whole point of music. Um, And I realised that um, it was okay to be articulate and intelligent and it was okay to share stories and listen to other people's stories and to share those stories with permission um, to further and start this thought-provoking conversation. And I realized that that was a really meaningful thing that I could do yeah. was yeah. to uh, open those lines of communication with uh, the ability to think about things so I don't ever want to yeah. tell people how to, uh, what to think. I'd rather give them the tools to educate them on how to think. Okay, well, you can come up with your own opinion. Totally okay if we have different opinions. But let me make sure that you base your opinion on accurate and solid information. Because I know. I know. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> I, so I'm okay if we have different values, as long as we're yeah. comparing apples with apples. Both pieces of information are accurate or as accurate as we can get them. And we came up with a different solution. Great. That's okay. Yeah. Or uh, the concept that we have um, uh, different values and we're just open about it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, you know, as I, uh, in, in my world, I think that we should be kind to everyone. And that's, that's the goal. It doesn't always work out, but the goal is don't be a dick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, whereas other people might go, well, I'm only going to be nice to the people I know, but I'm going to be horrible to people I don't know. <laughs> and that's totally okay. Yeah. So don't try and hide that as, you know, I bought some poor kids a toy at Christmas. Just call it for what it is. And that transparency is kind of, it's okay. Yeah. You know, then everyone knows what they're doing. Yeah. So, so for me, and and what you were saying about the university thing rings true with me as well, because I didn't go university. What we have over here is apprenticeships. So, what you can do is you can go to a company, you can get qualification while you're actually working and earning money. Yeah. And once I started earning money, it was like, whoa, yeah, you know. Yeah, money does that. Yeah, you know, why would, I want, to, why would I want to sit in university for three years earning nothing and living off rice and beans when I could be having the high life, which is great. Yeah. Um, but for you, uh, you were doing your own company. So I guess that's quite a big step. I would guess you're thinking, you know, straight away thinking, can I earn enough money? Can I live on this? You know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm, I'm not cut out for nine to five. Part yeah. of that is my autism. Yeah. And I also don't like blindly following rules without good reason behind them. Mm. So um, that's the independent uh, logical thinker in me going, yeah. if I'm spending 10 hours of my day moving away from the goal that you say that we need to be hitting, I feel like that's unproductive and I would like to fix that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm your manager. I, you do what I tell you to. 
<laughs> doesn't work. Doesn't work so well. Doesn't work so well for me. But <clears throat> pardon me, as a um, as a consultant doing things that I love, I can pick and choose my work. I can massage my hours and the work that I do uh, around my um, my physical needs as a autistic person. So if I need to, um, like if I go and do a Comic-Con, for example, for a couple yeah. of days, um, they're really energy intensive days. So I'm knackered after that. So I just make sure I have two or three quiet days after that. But if I was doing a nine to five, couldn't do that. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't yeah. do that. Yeah. I did um, breakfast radio on the sunny coast. This was a lifetime ago. Yeah. Um, and that was like five, six days a week yeah. um, that you were doing stuff for for the show or for the network and it 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 just i was young and i had a lot more energy then yeah but it's very energy intensive yeah um and i mean you would know yourself putting a film together Mm. particularly uh when you are a creative person you can see everything yourself and you want to be involved in everything and you want to do everything but um, to be forced to do that is different yeah. to willingly doing that as part of your passion project. Yeah. Yeah. So um, starting my business was a, a logical step. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us now, so obviously your business goes from strength to strength. Um, so tell us about the transition to sort of Melbourne and how you ended up there. Well, Ed, uh, I moved to Melbourne for a girl. Here uh, we go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know what? Uh, one thing, uh, I am uh, very, very blessed with yeah. is a number of really great loves in my life. Um, and whether the relationship uh, or has worked out or ended well or not, um, I am very grateful and very thankful that I have been lucky enough to have some really strong, uh, amazing women in my life that have taught me so much about. <clears throat> sorry, they've taught me so much about um, not only myself, but society and um, the, lar- you know, the larger world in which we live. And yeah, I'm very, yeah. very blessed uh, to have had that in my world. And I continue to have a wonderful array of really strong, amazing women that teach me so much. And I'm, I'm very humbled by that. Yeah, um, yeah. So I moved to Melbourne for a girl who... Uh, well, you know, we spent a bit of time together. She's absolutely amazing, super intelligent woman, not together anymore. And I stayed for the coffee. I really just <laughs> for the coffee. You are so uh, easily pleased. Yeah, two, two shots that I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> nah, so what was that transition like? So from Queensland, where was... you've got your tumbleweed and that, all of a sudden you're exploding into this, you know, city. Yeah. What's it like? Yeah. Look, hindsight, not the smartest move. Really, really big polar opposite. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Brisbane uh, is a bit of a, or at the time was a bit of a sleepy town. Probably still, uh, still is by comparison, I think. But yeah. um, still a great place to go. Um, but nowhere near as, uh, as busy as Melbourne. It's like you're literally in two different countries, but they speak the same and most yeah. of the road rules are the same apart from hook turns and P turns. Yeah. That's a whole, that's a whole <laughs> other. Yeah. Uh, 
but I think that I was Ill, I was ill prepared for that transition to have so many people and to have the uh, a, a different nuanced culture of yeah. that yeah. town or that area. And in the UK, you guys have got the same thing. Mm. Um, you've got whole different pockets of mm. people and values and cultures and things that are normal in those areas yeah. that are different in other areas. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, imagine going from one extreme to the other. I mean, it took me a while to find my feet when I moved, yeah. but yeah. Even, even when I hadn't found my feet, I realized that Melbourne was a better place for me to be given who and how I am than Brisbane. Yeah. Although I still travel lots, or well, not with COVID, but yeah. um, before COVID, I still you know travelled lots around yeah. with yeah. work. Yeah. But having Melbourne as a home base, I think I've now sort of grown into it. Now that I've sort of understand the lay of the land and how things work, yeah. and I also love that I can get a feed any time of the day <laughs> or night here. <laughs> So you know, grow, <laughs> growing up, you'd look at your watch and you go, yeah. oh, it's 7.30, they've turned the fryers off. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but Melbourne, anytime, day or night, it's great. Yeah. And what, what you know, so if, if when I understand what you're saying, because where, where I live is in the middle of England, basically. Uh, and around us, we've got beautiful countryside villages. And then down south, we've got London. And sometimes for film things or other things, uh, family i'll go to london for a few days um and i love it i love the vibrance of it but i don't know if i could live there um yeah. now for you uh, what was that like uh, as far as your autism's concerned walking into a place because people get worried you know without autism you'd be like oh this mm -hmm. is a big place a big change how did your autism play in that when you first moved to melbourne well you know i was at the time in my life where i thought i could mask forever okay inside outside everywhere i could mask forever mm. and uh that was really tiring yeah. and uh it took a lot more energy to do that so i guess i kind of just knuckled down and went yep this is life now so let's just do it and yeah. you know you burn out yeah. uh, i've done that plenty of times um and I'm not suggesting that anyone, you know, go, yeah, burnout's okay. It's actually a really big deal. On, um, and there's plenty of different ways that you can avoid it, none of which I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Someone um, gives you the advice and you go, okay, I'll take that. I walk off and never take the advice. <laughs> yeah, totally. Smokey will kill you. Will it really? Yeah, yeah. I guess not. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, Jesus, so because you're one one step closer to the God. Yeah. So now, now we get into the real meat of this. Is yeah. So the work you do and just looking at your stuff, you know, TV, radio, voiceovers. You know, it sounds like you've had an amazing career. You've travelled the world. You know, it sounds Not fantastic. But one thing that stuck out for me. Is the yeah. fact that you've previously worked with and not and and you'll be surprised when I say this, not Peter Andre. It's the fact you worked with John Travolta. Tell us about that, Ben. Ah, uh, look, I tell you what, I was so. Uh, I mean, Peter Andre, he had like seriously funky junkie, genius, dead set genius. You know, boom, and his brother, oddly. 
Uh, this was years ago up in Cairns, uh, worked at a nightclub that was opposite the Mad Cow, and which is another nightclub, which yeah. is a, totally a, just Cairns is weird. And uh, it was he, he used to work as a DJ there. I don't even know if he was his real brother or not, but he used to go around <laughs> saying it was Peter Andre. <laughs> and that, that was his claim to fame. That's how we, yeah. that's how we got the ladies. So I went, oh, fair enough. Good for you. Uh, anyway, but uh, John Travolta, um, I, there's, um, so he came out, he came out to Australia, uh, for Supernova. Uh, and, uh, he, there was a, also another, uh, a night with John Travolta event in, uh, 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 Sydney and, uh, Sydney and Brisbane or Sydney and Melbourne or whatever it was. And, uh, I did, I knew the promoter and we had a conversation and he went, Oh, do you want to, um, uh, do you want to do the ad? Do you want to do the ad for the John Travolta tour? And I went, of course. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, here's, here's the vision that we've got. This is what we've put together. Yeah. Do you reckon you could write something around it and do, do some stuff? And I went, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, it was, it was just so wonderful. This is before I'd even, you know, before it even come out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I did the ad and I've gone and he's come back and he's gone, Oh, look, um, Travolta's crew have approved it. So it's good to go. And I went, great. That's awesome. Out it goes. And then, Oh, and then when I get turn up on site, so I I'm part of an MC team for uh, supernova, which is like a uh, Australian comic con. Yeah. Uh, and he was he was coming out to uh, sign some stuff and do some some talks specifically for Supernova, and I, I just remember the first time I saw John Travolta in the flesh. Yeah, like it yeah. was I was two meters away oh. from. <laughs> oh, and you know why I was two meters away? Because a meter and a half of that two meters was his bodyguard. <laughs> huge, huge unit. Huge. Nicest fella, but yeah. huge unit. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so John Travolta walking through and he has such, oh, he's got this energy, this yeah. air of magic around him yeah. that is just yeah. really wonderful. And, yeah. you know, in the lead up to that, I may have done myself a disservice in... Yeah psyching myself out for watching a whole heap of Travolta films <laughs> before meeting or, you know, being in the same space yeah. as John Travolta. Yeah. But, oh man, what a talent. And um, when, when you go, to, when you do a few of these comic cons, you'll find that you hear some stories back from people about, yeah. you know, uh, what they were like, because it's, it's really grueling. If you've yeah. got, um, you know, 10 hours of signing your own name. I mean, yeah. I haven't done that since grade two. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, only because I was a bit slow with the motor skills. But, uh, you know, you can get it. You can get a bit cranky. Or oh, yeah. Tired, or you can get a bit short if you get the same question a million times. Like, I totally understand it. And sometimes it's a bit hot. You yeah. know, totally yeah. get it. No. Um, but John Travolta did not hear one bad word about that man. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, which I love. I just absolutely yeah. love legend. A legend. When I seen it, I thought, "Gotta ask about that story." And uh, I know what you mean about Comic Con because we were. I went to the Comic Con here uh, last year or the year before. I kind of lost count because of COVID and everything. But and uh, a big hero of mine was James Khan 
from uh, Godfather, oh. of course. <laughs> and, and I thought, I'll take a Godfather poster, get him to sign that, imagine that, that would be amazing. And he was there, and you could tell he was pissed off. And, you know, I think he's a lovely guy. I've seen interviews with him, but he was so grumpy because, he, he you know, you only need one person to come up who's a bit of a dick, and they won't they keep asking you for and things. And, you your know, whole life. and you've got a big queue. And I mean, he's in his 80s now, you know. Yeah. And, and I thought, I'm not going to go and meet him because it'll ruin, you know, I don't want to meet him if he's stressed and, you know, so that'll, yeah. that'll taint it. But I totally understand that. You know, when they say don't meet your idols. Mm, yeah. Uh, because it could just totally wreck the dream. Yeah. And it's also okay to acknowledge that I like the idea of this person not the actual person, yeah. or I like the character they play, not the actual person. All of that is okay. Yeah. Um, although uh, you had, uh, how old was he? He was 80, 80, 80 something when you, uh, when yeah. he was at Comic-Con? He's got to be, so, be mid 80s, yeah. Uh, I see you're 80 and raise you uh, an 84. Hmm. Uh, and that was uh, Stan Lee. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And wow, what a kind, amazing. Yeah. Did you meet him? So, weird story. Didn't actually meet him ah. as such. Passed him in the corridor. Yeah. Very, very impressed with that. But uh, also uh, provided him with, for his Australian uh, stint anyway. Some very comfortable chairs for him to sit in because I'm oh. also, uh, I'm, all, I'm also marketing director for ZQ Racing, and <laughs> they, they make amazing gaming chairs. And yeah. uh, Stan went, oh, I, I want a, something more comfortable. I'm old. I went, don't worry, got you, I got your back. I got your back, man. <laughs> you will get the best chair. You will. Ed said, get the best. But you know whether we whether we actually meet these people in person or not. Um, as part of the team and wandering around with all the different stages and having the backstage access and stuff. It's just amazing. And I feel so incredibly blessed yeah. to work with an amazing team at Supernova yeah. um, that I'm able to see these wonderful people yeah. all, around, all around Australia six times a year, uh, tell their stories on stage. Some of them I get to host and do it myself. Yeah. Um, and others, I can make sure sh that I'm in the room uh, to enjoy all of that. And I'm just, it's just so wonderful to see the vibrant and creative and amazing uh, film industry that we have oh, uh, yeah. on this, you know, tiny planet called Earth. Yeah. Uh, and there really are some absolute gems out there. And I really wish that governments, and punters and everybody would put more value yeah. on the arts and how essentially important it is. Uh, even though it's sort of further up on Maslow's hierarchy, I think that unlocking more of that artistic thinking helps us to be uh, more holistic and better humans, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Understanding for other stories. Yeah, and I, t I totally agree with you there. Obviously, from a filmmaking side of things, you know, I've I've been to um, seminars and things like that, and, and met some of my idols. And touch wood, they've been amazing people. I think you might get the odd one, and that we're all humans. Um, but oh. I met Joel Shoemaker, um, the guy who made Lost Boys and 
Batman and Robin and all the director. And yeah. he was he was getting on a bit. He's he died last year, I think. God bless him. And I met him, and he couldn't have had you know. And there was a lot of people. He had a big schedule, but he talked to me for sort of just five minutes, just real nice chat. And I thought, you know, that that's all you need, you know. When and and it is the arts are full of beautiful people like that because it's the it's the one thing, and I say this to a lot of people, filmmaking and, and the arts is the one thing where you can get a group of people that will actually work for nothing, tirelessly, tirelessly to make sure the project is perfect or you know give you a hundred and ten percent. And it's that one, you know, the one creative thing you'd never get that in a factory or or mechanic oh, or anything like that. Get that. And it is a beautiful thing when it comes together. Oh, I, I totally agree. And going back to the not being able to be employed. So one of my Aspie things is getting too invested in an amazing outcome. Yeah. And doing everything I can to get that amazing outcome. Uh, and it's funny when you, when you look at some organizations where they have a, some culture challenges within the organization and they're not about the best. They're not about really exciting outcomes and working together as a team. And there's that value mismatch. But film, uh, and uh, even the, the times that I was doing, you know, TV for uh, Nine in Brisbane was amazing. You get a whole random bunch of people. And by the end of six weeks, you, you know, you are lifelong friends. Mm. And theatre theater is the same. Mm. You know, and it's everyone looking out for everyone else. And I just go, it's such a wonderful vibe and a wonderful environment. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, so future-wise, what, what have you got going on future um, for you in the future, Ben? Because, I mean, you've got that much going on, I mean. Look, I know, I know. Uh, and, the, look, the future, uh, I've got a beer in the fridge. Uh, <laughs> the imminent future. <laughs> the imminent future and uh, possibly the later future as well. What time uh, is it? What time is it over there? Second beer as well. It's ten o'clock here, PM, not AM. It's eleven AM here. <clears throat> ah, look at you! So you're having hard tea, are you? Yeah, this is this is healthy green tea, and then later on, I'm like I say, I'll, I'll be joining you. I'll be having a beer. I'm doing a, I'm hosting a virtual quiz later for charity. So that's oh, always, nice. all, always good fun. That is, it's always, and it's a Christmas one. Christmas is coming early because of because of covid isn't it you know let's let's yeah. get x out <laughs> yeah nice nice you get to you know get your baubles out on cam <laughs> well i don't know it's not that kind of quiz ben oh okay uh, <laughs> <laughs> so so yeah so where where do you see the future so, company then are you know busy and uh look uh, covid's really put a dampener on things and gave me a lot of time to sit alone with my thoughts which is wonderful yeah there they are, ticking away. <laughs> it's all um, quick. It's a podcast. People will be switching off. I'm joking. Oh, no. <laughs> um, I think, I think um, uh, the, the, I'm very excited about the future. Um, we've, I've, you know, we've got quite a few uh, bookings coming in for live gigs again, which is really super exciting. Yeah. Um, there's also, uh, a, I feel like there's a, a reinvigorated energy for outdoor cinema yeah and yeah well well curated outdoor cinema and um i i just i'm, I'm really excited about that and uh hosting events surrounding some of those art house films and some of those smaller films that normally wouldn't get a look in 
but mm. courtesy of COVID are starting to get a look in. So I'm really fortunate to do that. Yeah. Um, voicing a few TV series uh, coming up, lots of radio and TV ads. Uh, as my bread and butter. Also, a uh, possibly a podcast or two coming out in the next yes. few months. Uh, nothing as wonderful as uh, what you're doing, Lee. But um, <laughs> stop uh, blushing. <laughs> podcast, I can't see. Um, uh, so yeah, lots of lots of stuff keeping me busy in the studio, uh, and possibly uh, EPing a few films. Uh, later on in the year if we can get the okay to get everybody together because we still have international travel bans which is really yeah. put the pipe wash on a lot of stuff for us yeah. so working through and I think the new focus for me is to have that big stuff and to do the big stuff and really enjoy it use the studio um, which I have been using quite a lot of but yeah. also um, to have that uh, to have the component that I think was missing in my world before. And that is to do some uh, really great, amazing, smaller grassroots events and connect with the local community, yeah. you know, not needing to drive, you know, four hours to a different town or fly to, you know, a different state. There's some really great things that, uh, and great connections and great stories and great experiences um, that, you know, I can have right here in my own backyard. Uh, I don't think I've ever stayed so long in one place. Yeah. Uh, Unless you've been prison. Do, you know? <laughs> Unless you've been prison. Oh, yeah, true, true, true. Although, <laughs> that was a long time ago. Yeah, let's not talk about yeah, that. Yeah, you know, the food was good. That's... So, yeah, so I think connecting with community, I think, is an important thing. Yeah. And I think now, now it's um, COVID has forced me to slow down a little bit and to consolidate and actually think about, you know, my own health and my own mental health and also to consciously create, you know, what do I want for the future? What do I want for my life? And I think that's a really important thing. Yeah. So that's a bit soppy and warm and fuzzy, but uh, I like it. It's, yeah. I think it'll be good. So that's the future. Yeah, I mean, I think I'll, I'll, I agree with you on that. I mean, what COVID's done is give us a bit of perspective because we almost needed this pause. And I know it annoys us at the time, but I think we'll look back in years to come and we'll be like, it, thank God that happened because mm. it makes you appreciate, obviously, family, your health and things like that. Um, and then when we do go back to normal, it's sort of what is normal, but it's sort of we'll appreciate everything just that little bit more. Um, yeah. And, and we'll also appreciate the time that we spend at home with the family and doing things like this. And you know what I mean? So if anything, yeah. we're all going to grow. It's just been a pain in the ass, but you know, but you know, yeah. isn't all growth. If it, you know, how, how often do we have um, easy, comfortable growth? Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah, definitely. So no. well said. So, um i always ask my guests a bit of advice so if someone wanted to get into uh the same kind of business or it could be the best bit of advice you've ever had ben sort of you know your journey what, what, what bit of advice um it's actually been a conscious look over the years i've had a lot of really great advice for the particular situation or the particular time but i think it's only recently that i've sort of grown into understanding what I think the best advice actually is. Yeah. And part of that 
is to just be consciously kind. Mm. Don't expect to be perfect, but try to do everything, even the most uncomfortable stuff, even the stuff that you don't feel like you want to do it. Make sure that you're consciously kind and you understand that kindness is a choice, not something that just magically happens. And uh, if we had a kinder world, I think that would be a good thing. And I talk about kindness a lot. And you know what? There are times where I am unkind. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, you know, it's, I'm, not, I'm not preaching perfection. I'm, I'm you know, talking about a, a concept or an idea or something for us all to work towards to, for, a, for a better world. And I think being consciously kind and making a decision to be kind and understanding that kindness is not a weakness um, it is actually really hard and to um, the whole concept of being fair and kind when you don't have to be, and you could be cruel or you could be selfish or you could be a lot of other things yeah. is that's, that's a, that's the essence of a Marvel film basically, but it's, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, that's the best piece of advice. Be consciously kind and work towards being even more, consciously kind for you and other people yeah that's a great a great bit of advice and i think from my perspective as i get older i definitely have more empathy for people and if people have got views or uh they have a comment on something i always try and step back and think well why are they saying that uh, whereas yeah. maybe years ago i'd have jumped down the throat and said oh they're wrong or that's terrible to say that always try and have a bit of a perspective from their perspective um and yep. I think that goes hand in hand with just being kind is a way of just standing back and thinking, hold on, why is this person being horrible or cruel or, you know Look what I mean? Look at you showing off your meta thinking. Boom. Just read I that. love that. Just read that in a book. <laughs> yep. yeah. oh. Actually, I, I, I said I read it, but I lied. It's actually an audio book. <laughs> yeah, it was actually a YouTube video of an audio book that someone listened to. Well, yeah, I've just been I've just been listening to Tony Robbins, and he, he rubs off yeah. on you. And he rubs off on you. Uh, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I um, met him once. That was the most awkward part. You met him? No. <laughs> I, when he rubs I, off I believe it for you. I believe it. Uh, now, favourites. I always ask my guests favourites, Ben. So it can be a book, oh. a film, something you eat, anything like that. But just something. Actually, it can't be Vegemite. Uh, no, it's no. a so recently, uh, so actually my, my favorite are, because uh, I'm autistic, is my Bose 700 head, uh, yeah. headphones. Yeah. The noise cancelling is amazing. They've got huge uh, battery life and the sound is just, as, a, as an audiophile, I just love it. Just yeah, so yeah. good. But the two things that I'm going to bring up are uh, during COVID, uh, or lockdown rather, because you guys are all in lockdown now, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is good. Washing your hands, staying safe, super awesome. Really yeah. proud of you guys and you're doing a great job. Yeah. It's hard, but well done. Totally well done and it, you, you can do it. So I watched a lot of Netflix, like oh, yeah. a lot. Yeah. And um, uh, this one actually came up on Amazon Prime. So two movies, if you haven't already seen them, you need to see them. And if you have seen them, watch them again. Yeah. Uh, oh, actually, do you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make it three. I'm gonna make it three. Do it. Uh, the first and in the you got to watch them in this order. Okay. Uh, Cats. It's the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. 
It's terrible. And you know what? The version of Cats that I watched, they didn't even, they didn't even, it wasn't even the version that had the little cat assholes. It was the one where they'd, they'd cut out the assholes. And I went, so, you know, it's not even anatomically correct. You know? How do they shit? You know? I don't know oh, if I could watch that whole film, Ben. I don't know if I, I don't. I just save that. it up and go, boom. It's the film. The film is the shit. Uh, so uh, terrible, absolutely terrible. I mean, think, uh, but it's one of those things that you have to watch it's so that you can't, it, it's, it's that bad that it's actually something really funny that you can use yeah. in conversations and really and, connect uh, what, with people over the badness. And what I love about that is the fact, and what I love about watching something like that is realizing people, you know, probably a hundred people know how bad it is, but they still throw millions and millions of dollars at it and they haven't got the intelligence to go before they start filming, hold on, this is shit. You know, so they're yep. all part of this big pile and every day they get, this is going to be good, this is going to be good. And Brown knows yes, people. Can you imagine, like, poor old, uh, like, Rebel Wilson. Now, I, I love her. Yeah. I reckon she's genius. Yeah, and she's sitting there going, "So I'm in this film that everyone's talking up. It's brilliant, and I'm actually on set, and it's fucking shit." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's really shit. I oh, know. Yeah, and, yeah. That's after the CGI. Do you think? Do you think it's one of those where uh, the studio exec has signed a big check? Uh, right, let's sign this off then. Two hundred million. And uh, the the director grabs hold of the, the producer grabs hold of the check goes see you then and he's like oh shit I want that back too late <laughs> <laughs> it's cashed sorry too late <laughs> I put uh, it all on red um, yeah good choice go on next yeah, good choice so um, so I, I'm leading somewhere with this okay so I would I did this in the wrong order but I'm I'm portraying this so you would go want to watch Cats okay amazing okay. musical. Could have done wondrous things with the whole musical concept and how it's been staged. Could have, didn't, fucked it all up. Yeah. Anyway, then watch uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Yes. The Queen's yes. story. So watch that and you see, you know, some, a really great story about Freddie Mercury and his yeah. journey and the, the, that great line, you know, Freddie, if you've been burning the candle at both ends, yes, but it's so pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. And you yeah. watch that and you go, oh, how good was that compared to the shit that I just watched? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You know, I'm so pleased I didn't gouge my eyes out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And then, and then when you go, oh, Bohemian Rhapsody was so good, then you go, I'm just going to hit play on Rocket Man. Yes. Love and it. And then you and then you're going to watch that and go, that was, they could, it's, it's done musically and, and in a very theatrical way. And you go, oh my God, this is the energy I wanted in Cats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why could they not have done that? And yeah. it's just so masterfully done and it's so brilliant. So yeah, if yeah. you're in lockdown, go on that wild emotive journey with Cats, Bohemian Rhapsody oh, no. and um, Rocket Man, and... Do you know what? It's you're gonna have some 
great stuff to talk about while you're in lockdown. Yeah, brilliant favourites. And I think the other thing that it makes you realise is how good these actors at the top of the game are, like Rami Malik and Aragat Etterton. What's his name? The guy who plays Elton John. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How good is he? You know. And that voice. Just... That, and and the thing is, what, what when I watch people like that actor, and I, I am immensely impressed with any actors, is if you take off a real life person, that is so difficult because if you do like an impression, like a comedy mm. impression, it looks awful and fake. What they do is they embody the person but give it their own take, and I think that is just people don't realise how good these people are. And they're masters of the, of noticing and implementing that idiosyncratic behaviors yeah, yeah. of those people. Can you just yeah. imagine the work and the research that goes into that? Yeah. You know, it's not like prancing around like a cat. <laughs> yeah, we're no arsehole. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Nathan's in there. <laughs> I don't know if I can watch cats. I'll try and watch it for you over Christmas, just to yeah, maybe just yeah. It's it's like a band aid. You got to watch it all in one go. You can't just watch half and go. Oh, yeah. I've had enough. I do. I do like the way you put that in sequence, though, because like you say, you watch cats, and then at the end you think, I'm never going to watch a film again. This is, you know, the world's about to end. And then you watch yeah. Boomerang Rhapsody, and you're like, hold up. <laughs> yeah, and then and then you totally understand with Rocket Man. Yeah, what's happening yeah. with what should have been done with cats and i'm just going yeah anyway but yeah that's that'll keep everyone occupied love that now uh, if people want to be in contact or see what you're doing or go on your website your twitter handles all that kind of thing where are they uh, ben yep this podcast has actually been a test if you're still interested in talking to me after this then you are my kind of person uh you can find me at ben sorensen one everywhere because some other bastard took ben sorensen so it is ben- bensorensen1.com uh, for all, all things Ben and uh, also uh, on social media. Actually, yeah, follow, follow me on um, uh, Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. That's all Ben Sorensen1. So, what's, the name you po- what's the name of your podcast, Ben? Uh, where, uh, I'm, I'm doing some... It's, it's actually an eco-podcast uh, called uh, Captured Carbon where we talk about the science... Uh, behind saving the planet through capturing carbon. And I'm really excited. And we've teamed up with EcoForce Global, who are just such an amazing uh, company that basically just plant trees. That's all they do. They Brilliant. go, let's yeah. plant trees. So I'm Brilliant. super excited about that. And I get to use my brain, which I love. And I get to talk to some really interesting people. And uh, there's some really great stories there as well. So I can't wait to share that with everyone. Oh, brilliant. Well, look, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, please come back next year. Uh, come back on yes. next year. We'll have, we'll have another chat. I might even pop over to Melbourne and have a bit of Vegemite on toast with you as well. I could always do that. Yeah, absolutely. Do it for the Australian Open. <laughs> yeah, for, I'm there. I'm there. Um, yep. But, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much, Ben, for coming on. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, listening to that podcast and uh, because you've been such a great guest. Okay. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for creating uh, a space and an opportunity for me to, you know, chat and tell my story and, and to, for other people to share their story as well. You're just absolutely wonderful. Thanks so much. No Lee. problem. Okay. Speak to you soon. Goodbye, Ben. See ya. 
So that's it. Massive thanks again to Ben for joining me today, all the way from Australia. And also, uh, that's terrible. And also you for listening, of course. Make sure you follow the podcast, because like I say, it, over the next few months are going to be amazing. But Christmas, I've got some special podcasts. But on the 20th of December at 6 p.m., I will be speaking to the actual Christmas Santa Claus. Actual Christmas. <laughs> Mind fart. The actual Santa Claus. And remember, this is not just for parents. This is for kids as well. This is a kid's special. It's an absolute cracker. Make sure you listen to it. Remember to listen to all the podcasts. They're all streaming on iTunes, Spotify. So please leave a rating and subscribe. To keep up to date, follow Facebook, which is My Way Thinking Podcast, and also Twitter, which is My Way Thinking, without a G on the end, a three instead. Also on Instagram now, <sighs> My Way, uh, My What Podcast. I just can't keep up. I can't keep up. Uh, and also the whole conversation is on YouTube. So if you want to see this pretty beard keep growing and my merch, merch, My What. I'm only joking, I'm not selling merch. <laughs> Not to all 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 three listeners. Uh <laughs> no. Um this was given to me a very beautiful present, so I'm gonna wear it. Uh, and finally, if you want to get in touch and you think you'll be a great guest, email me. It's my what podcast at AOL.com. Until next time, remember Jan uh, December the 20th, 6 p.m. Santa Claus. God bless. Take care. Bye.